Thank you very much. Well, it's great to uh, be with you tonight uh, on, uh, I guess, on an official night for you guys. And, uh, but it's all obviously really, really important stuff. And, uh, you know, as a movement, we, we take governance uh, really seriously. Uh, and so it's important that things like this happen and they happen right and they happen well and uh, it just keeps us in that, that sweet spot of making sure that we uh, are honouring God in terms of uh, running things well and uh, keeping things up to date. So well done to you. Give yourselves all a pat on the back for a job well done tonight. Um, I'm just going to put a, a little timer on here because I'm a preacher, so... My wife is right now going, yes, he's, he's going to make sure. So, but, uh, won't be a sec, sorry. That's the one I want. Okay. So, uh, look, firstly, I guess I just want to bring you a little bit of a, an update from uh, an ACC point of view in our state. And uh, as you'd know, I'm sure, we have a, uh, a fairly new... Uh, executive in place and uh, there's been uh, a bit of a transition there and I'm not sure if you've picked up on this but we've in one in one conference we went from average oldest executive to average youngest and so we sort of like the sound of that I'm not sure what that means but um, but that's good it shows that we're as a state we are um, you know thinking about the future and bringing through future generations but um, particularly of note for you guys um, and I said this to Rob today, and, and I want to say it publicly as well, is that uh, it's just been, I'm just absolutely excited that uh, Pastor Rob uh, is on our state executive. Um, he's very humble and says, well, you know, I'm not sure how all that happened. I'm like, I know how it happened because it's what God wanted. Um, and, and God, you know, we really do believe that, that God's brought a team of us together for this next season, however long and whatever that looks like, to do uh, a particular role. But I really just want to publicly in front of your team uh, say thank you to you Rob. Uh, you need to know that uh, Rob's immediate contribution has been fantastic. Uh, just, the, just the way he thinks, the things he's brought to the table. Uh, I'm very much a bigger picture, heart and sleeve feeler sort of a person, personality. And so for Rob to really just uh, sit with us and, and go through some line by line process and okay, how's this going to work? It's just brilliant to see the different personalities come together. But just really want to uh, thank you and honour you uh, Rob, but also you Pauline, uh, because it's not just uh, the people around that table, we all have, uh, everyone in that room is married and has a, has, has a spouse, a partner, and so uh, we know it's a team and uh, we just, we love you Pauline and we just love uh, who you are, your, your uniqueness, um, you're fun to be around, you're vibrant and um, it's just really, really great. Uh, that we get to spend more time with you guys. So, uh, but also I want to say to all of you, uh, on behalf of the state, thank you for releasing uh, your pastor to be a part of the team. It is a commitment. Uh, it is a sacrifice uh, of time, of energy, of emotion, of prayer, of you know, a financial uh, sacrifice at times as well. And we, we don't take that for granted. We recognise the distance and the time that it requires for Rob to get to things. But we really do say thank you and appreciate uh, the fact that he can be a part of the future with us. So it's very, very good. Uh, as, a, as an executive, we are, and as a state really, we are uh, really working towards uh, a future 
of partnership, uh, a future where we really all do rub shoulders together and uh, stop focusing just on our own patch, which can be easy to do, uh, but really be committed to you know, what's beyond our own local patch and, and really care for our state. And um, that's a real focus for us, particularly uh, this year and the next few years, is to really partner up a lot stronger, but also uh, we really are putting a focus around equipping churches, equipping leaders, growing churches, growing leaders, just providing all the resource, support, encouragement and an environment that we can for those who say we want to grow, we want to take the next steps. And let me say, growth isn't just always about numerical growth. So when you hear that, don't just go, it means more people. Growth is growth in us as leaders, growth in uh, spiritually, growth financially, growth in so many areas, you know, more leaders, more pastors. Uh, that's really our passion is to see South Australia healthy with the future generations being uh, effectively trained up and developed and uh, that's not going to be something that we can do in five minutes but it is our goal to make sure that as a state the ACC is a movement that should be facilita facilitating all these sorts of things, leadership development, leadership growth, supporting churches, getting alongside churches to help resource where we can and that's our mandate and that's what we're going to be focusing on. So we're excited about that. All of our state meetings and even our conference this year are all going to be focused around healthy churches, healthy leaders, because it's this simple, healthy things grow. So rather than, you know, how can I t double my church? We're not, we don't want to have that conversation. We just want to talk about what are your roadblocks right now? So as a pastor in your church, the sort of conversations we want to have is what is right now a roadblock for you from taking the next step in your ministry. Maybe it's youth ministry, you just can't get it off the ground. Maybe it's small groups. Maybe it's integration of new people. Whatever it is, we want to find out from the pastors on the ground, what is it that you're, that you're finding difficult to overcome? And then come alongside them and help them answer that question. So that's going to be a bit of our focus all year, even with our conference. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek that no one else has got yet. We've got a state pastors meeting on Wednesday and we'll announce it there, but we've got a guy coming out for our state conference this year from San Francisco. His name is Pastor Sean Nepstad and uh, he's an incredible communicator, but he's also been a guy who for years and years and years, his church was at a, was at a ceiling and they just couldn't push through and uh, a series of events and relationships and uh, God brought some people into his world that just totally uh, transformed uh, his church and uh, took it from a church that was uh, hit a ceiling of 200 to now seeing over 3,000 people every weekend. And so he has a real story of what it is to be, you know, b building a church and hitting a ceiling and hitting a roadblock. So he's going to be with us, so we're excited about that. And uh, we've also got um, another speaker by the name of Pastor... I've just gone blank. Um, James McPherson. And so you may have heard of him. He's from Townsville. And so we've got a great lineup anyway for conference. So hopefully as many of you as possible will be able to make it for conference and you're going to love, love, love it. But again, the theme for us is all going to be around how can we help all churches in our state, not the city churches, all churches, regionally, country, wherever, all churches, we're all in this together. How can we help everyone take their next step? It's that simple. Um, I love in the report that came earlier from Pastor Rob where he talked about, you know, Alliston and uh, I know that there's been, you know, time and energy spent around what's happening at Tumby Bay and we, we drove up there today, my first time to Tumby Bay and it was awesome. 
So we've had a great day and we met with uh, the new pastor up there, uh, Pastor Matt and Sarah, and so that was good. But I just want to commend, uh, again, before I just share a real brief thought with you, again, commend you because, again, as a, I'm a local church pastor as well, and pastoring your own local church can be enough to consume you. <laughs> it really can. But I just love that the heart of this church, one heart, is not just for your own patch, but you've decided that your vision's bigger than that, and it's greater than that, and it's about Alliston, and it's about Tumby, and it's about around the corner and up the road, and I just pray that you never lose that, that focus and never lose that heart, because uh, that's what we need to see right across our state, is churches that aren't just worried about their own patch, but they're looking beyond their own borders to see how they can be a part of strengthening and encouraging the body of Christ. It's really important. I was super thrilled to hear of that growth of 17%. 17%. I don't know if you know this. Um, have you heard of a church? You may not have heard of it, but I will throw it out there just in case. Hillsong. Have heard, okay, you've heard of it. Do you know that uh, people might be surprised by this, but Hillsong do not have radical, ridiculous growth targets every year. Every year, their percentage of growth that they're believing God for is 7%. The reason we go, oh, wow, that's not as big as what I thought. But you see, you, you do that for 30 years like they have, you grow a large church, right? So the key is just keep doing that. Keep being faithful. As Pastor Brian Houston says, just keep turning up. So when I hear the number 17%, right, you, you can now sort of go up to each other and sort of high five of, of each other and, and fist pump and go, you know what? We outdid Hillsong <laughs> by 10%. Thank you very much. But uh, I'm serious about that, and we've, we've adopted that in our church to, to actually go, we want sustained growth, 7%, 7%. So 17% is outstanding. Congratulations. So, all right. I have 11 minutes and four seconds. I reckon I can get this in. I do want to encourage you with something tonight. It's something I've uh, shared uh, a little bit with our state executive around the table. It's something that I've shared in my own church. It's something that uh, aspects of this I actually shared last Thursday when I was at St. Peter's Cathedral uh, and speaking to about 20 MPs, our governor, um, Stephen Marshall, leader of the opposition and a whole heap of heads of churches. God has a sense of humour. Uh, I'm only just new into the heads of churches. I, I came in in November and an ACC person, in, we don't know, has ever been asked to do this, but I got asked to speak to the, uh, the Christian Fellowship's opening of Parliament sitting and so, as I said, 20 MPs there, all coming along, and I got to give the address. I think God's funny. There's the Lutheran guy, the Anglican guy, the Catholic guy, like super, um, you know, very, very conservative service that I was in. Yeah, there's all that sort of stuff going on and bowing and all this stuff that I didn't know what to do. And then I get up to speak, and I think, gee, God, you're funny. And, um, but I did share some of these thoughts with them that day as well and I just want to share it with you because it's on my heart I know it's what God is speaking to our state I know it's what he's speaking even as I speak to some other pastors I keep hearing a similar thing and so Isaiah 43 is where I want to look I've themed our year in our church unfamiliar paths unfamiliar paths and I just want to share this scripture with you uh, first from the NIV and then we'll just have a look at it um, how the message puts it together. So we'll start at verse 14. Verse 14 of Isaiah 43, and it says this. Um, actually, we won't start there. Let's just go... I'm just mindful of time. I can give you the preamble there. Let's start here at verse 18. Forget the former things. 
Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and I'm making streams in the wasteland. Let me give you the, um, the message translation of that. Here it is. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. I think sometimes when we, we think new, we still, maybe we think sort of new, almost new. No, no, God's saying, I'm going to do something. Through the prophet, he's saying, I'm doing something brand new, right? Unfamiliar paths, new roads, haven't been walked before. It says there, it's bursting out. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Now, here's the thing. Let me give you a bit of context. So, the, the prophet Isaiah here is, is speaking to the Jewish exiles who had been exiled from their homeland by the Babylonian uh, you know, uh, empire who had come in and, and run them out of town and destroyed everything that they had known. And so what happens here is that the prophet Isaiah is speaking to those, uh, to those Christians, to those people who had been exiled from their homeland, and he's actually taking them back. And if you read the text leading up to that and that text, he's actually referring to what God did when he delivered the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt. And that's what he's referring to when you read earlier on in verse 14. He's saying, hey, remember? Remember when? Right? If you have a look at verse 14, it says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians. I'm the Lord, your Holy One. And he's talking about it in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, he who drew you out, right? He's referring back to what he did when he set his people free, the Israelites who were captive in Egypt. He's saying, you know what? I've set them free once. And what he's saying here is that God is, is wanting to remind you, I've done it once, I can do it again. So you might be in a place where you've been exiled from your homeland. Everything you know has been taken. The temple in which you worshipped has fallen to the ground. And that's the context here. Because the Jewish people, are. Uh, if you go forward to the book of Haggai, we actually see the fulfillment of this prophetic word. Because the prophet's saying, come on. Trust in God. There's a new thing coming. There's a new day. It's not going to look like before. And what he's encouraging them with, if you fast forward to Haggai, Right? We see the fulfillment of this prophetic word. We see the fulfillment of what God was promising when it says the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Now what it was talking about is that the, he, the prophet here, Haggai, was talking about God's presence being even greater with them now than it was before. Because what had happened is the temple they had built for the worship of God, for the presence of God, had been destroyed. And they were trying to rebuild it using whatever resource they had left. But remember, they got exiled and everything had been torn down. So they dug into their pockets to dig out what they could to rebuild the temple, but the, they were getting disappointed and discouraged because they're like, you know what? We can never return this to what it was. We can never return this. And that's where the, the prophetic word comes to go, I'm doing a new thing. That's what this is all about. I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to be brand new. So right now you're seeing a wilderness. You're seeing the impossibility. You're seeing what may not be able to happen because it's been taken from you and you want to restore it, but you can't. And God's saying to you, behold, the former things have come to pass. Let go. There's a new thing I want to do. And I love this. He says, can you not see it? 
The other version says, do you not perceive it? Here's the thing I want to challenge us with. God is the God of the new. He is always doing a new thing, right? Whether we see it or not does not determine whether God's doing it or not, right? The new thing, it says, before it springs up, I tell you of it. What that says to me is it's happening whether I see it or not. Whether I see the new thing that God wants to do, God is the God of the new. And the challenge to you and I and the challenge to us as his faithful followers is that will we see the new thing that God is wanting to do? Will we see what looks like a wilderness? Will we actually see that God can make a new road through that? That what looks like was dead, was dry, is barren, and you know what? That's gone from my life. Or once upon a time we had that. Or once upon a time our church had an opportunity to minister. It's gone now. It's dead. We just need... And God's saying, you know what? I'm going to put a stream back through that place again. I'm doing a new thing. And I love here that it was talking about God's presence being even greater now than what it was before. So the temple, the house might not have looked the same, but the presence of God was going to be greater than anything they had ever seen before. Here's the thing, all they had to do, and I'm bringing it back to this, they didn't have to go and create the new thing. They didn't have to go and try and come up with a new thing. God says, no, I'm doing the new thing. All his people had to do was to continue to trust him and not see with a natural eye, but go, God, help me to see what you see. Help me to know, and because do you perceive me? Do you know it? One version says, see, God is doing a new thing. Do you not know it? And so I believe that our prayer needs to shift from, God, give, well, give us a new idea to, God, help us to see what you're doing. Help us to see what the new thing is. Help us to understand. Help us to know. And I believe this, that the new thing that God wants to do is always greater. It's always greater. It's not decreasing. It's not, thank God, heaven is not load shedding. Right? I don't know if you're having it over here, but in Adelaide, every, every other week there's load shedding. Your electricity, you need to know there is not a power shortage in heaven. There is not a presence of God shortage in heaven. God is not load shedding. He's saying, you know what, there is a new thing I want to do. And my presence is going to be greater than what it was. I hear people in my church go, oh, back then, way back then, when the charismatic... Hey, and I'm not knocking it because, man, I've, I've grown up in church and I've seen some all sorts of stuff happen. I've seen the presence of God. I've seen the power of God. But you know what? Regardless of what's happened in the past and how that's outworked itself, God's promise is always one of greater. It's greater. So I want to encourage you tonight with this. It's, there, God is a God of the new, and there are new paths, there are new possibilities, and there is a new presence that he wants to bring to our churches, to our lives, to our city. There is, and, and it's happening. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? So I want to ask you the question tonight, as a church, as a local church reaching a city, what can you see? I just see the problems, Josh. Oh, to see how hard it is. Oh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it is. But when we, get to, when we begin to see as God sees, something shifts in our vision. And that's what this is all about. It's about having vision. That's what they're being challenged with. Can you not see it? In other words, do you not have vision? Do you not have vision? See, it's not just, oh, well, you know, let's go and sit at the lookout and have a look and see what we can see. No, he's saying... 
the prophet saying, do you not have vision? Because yes, there are problems, there are challenges, there are, there are things that are going to be brick walls to us. But the challenge here is, what do you see? Do you have vision? Can you see what God wants you to see? Can you see where God wants to take you? That's vision. So we don't miss it because God's not doing it. We miss it because we don't have vision. All right, and we know in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... See, it's a different way of looking. It's, it's spiritualized, spiritually is. He says, then they are most blessed. You know, in Scripture, vision is, de- is described as a revelation from God, an appearance or exhibition of something supernaturally presented to the minds of believers. And I think very quickly in closing, there's two things we need to see. Hopefully, I've established with you, God is wanting to do a new thing. You go, oh, I've heard that before, Josh, so cliched. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard that. God is wanting to do a new thing. He is a God of the new. We need to have vision to see it. But what do we need to see? Here we go. Number one, we have to see ways in the wilderness. That's what it talks about. He says, I'm going to make a way. That's what he wants us to see, ways in the wilderness. Do you know that that literally translates as going into uninhabited lands? It's not talking about a desert. It's actually just talking about these lands that they were talking about were fit for feeding flocks. They were pastures. They, they had plenty of opportunity, but a road had never been through there before. You know, I believe for your church and I believe for your leadership, Rob and Pauline, there are some new roads ahead. And what I mean by that is that there is, no one's walked this path before. I believe God's wanting to get your attention. I believe he's wanting you to open your ears, to open your eyes and say, God, help us to see what you want us to see because I believe that there is a pasture in front of this church. And you can look at the pasture and go, well, how do we get through that? There's no road. That's the whole thing. God's saying, you know what? New roads. New roads. Can you see it? There's a new road. No one's walked it before. Unfamiliar paths. That's, the, that's where we're taking our church this year. We're going, you know what? We're not going to walk the same path we've always walked because this is what I know. If we keep walking the paths we've always walked, we're going to get to the destination that we've always got to. The only way you can see a new destination is to walk some paths that haven't been walked. So what does God want you to see? He wants you to see ways in the wilderness. You know, a lot of people see the wilderness, they go, up too hard. And what do they go looking for? They go looking for a rope. But someone's already walked that. That's already been walked. Come on, one heart. Don't go and take the path that someone's already... Don't walk the Hillsong path. Don't work, walk the Hope Church path. Don't, what, what about the one heart path? What about the path that God's got for you here? What about going and walking that? Hey? How about you walk that? Because this is the thing. God's promise in this passage of Scripture is where there is no clear path forward, God's going to create one. He's saying, I'm going to create one. You can't see it with your natural eye, but get a vision and I'm going to give you a way through it. So what you think is impossible, God says is possible. When you you can't possibly see a way through, God says, great, now let me make a way. Second thing you need to see is streams in the wasteland. And that literally translates as flowing streams in the desert places. That speaks to us of things that we've said, that's dead. Nothing grows in the desert. 
Nothing survives in the desert. It's a place of death and it's a place of barrenness. There's no life in the desert. And there are some things that maybe in your personal world as leaders or some things in your church, as I said earlier, that you've gone, you know what? Dead. I just believe God's saying, you know what? What looks dead, I want to revive that. Right? And so I don't know detail, but I've heard of some challenges tonight that you've had with your, out, with your what do you call it? Your bargain center. Now, I don't know what you... I haven't, we have not discussed this. I know nothing. But you know what? You might tonight say, you know what? We've had some challenges this year. Maybe is this thing run its race? I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is that sometimes some things can look like a desert. And God says, will you wait on me? Will you trust in me? Because I'm going to make a stream. I'm going to pour fresh water, living water, through that place that looks dry and dead. So we need vision in our lives to see that God is all about making a way for us in the desert places. That even where you might feel like, man, I'm done, I'm cooked. God's saying, I'm going to make a way for you. I'm going to provide a flowing stream to every dry place of your life. To everything that you thought was dead, I've got fresh living water for it. And so here's the deal with streams in the wasteland. When there is no natural relief or refreshment, God says, I'm going to provide it. So what does that speak to me? When I've tried everything that I know how to do, when I have relied on worldly ways of doing things, God's saying, once you've exhausted all that, will you look to me and let me provide it? Because I'll provide a way where it seems to be impossible. So wilderness and wastelands, what hasn't been walked and what, what looks hopeless. I want to encourage you, if you've got things that you feel like are hopeless in front of you, don't lose your hope. First Peter talks about setting your hope. What do you do? Concrete. It sets. Set your hope. So our hope can't be wishy-washy and pushed around. We've got to set our hope. So something might be hopeless right now. Whatever feels hopeless in your personal world or even in your church, would you do this? Make a decision to set your hope. You see, the starter, he says, on your marks. And the runners go from being all relaxed and looking around and chilled, and they go, oh, something's about to start. They go, all right, I better, I better, I better get up to the, to the area. But they're still standing, aren't they? Then what does he say? Get set. As soon as he says get set, it's game on. They get down into the starting position and no longer are they there flicking their legs around and looking at the opponents and you know what I mean? If you, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're pretty, they, it seems relaxed and they're looking at each other and whatever, but the moment the race caller says get set, something shifts in them. All of a sudden, they're not looking left, they're not looking right. They are totally set on their destination, waiting to be given the green light. I believe that's what God's saying to us about our hope. He's saying, you know what? Get set, get firm. Get your eyes set on the destination. Get your eyes set on me and get ready because I'm about to release you. I'm about to release you. But he can't release us when we're like this. You know what I mean? We're not ready. He's saying, come on, get set. Get in concrete, get firm. Then I'm going to release you. What we do is we're waiting for God to release us while we're sort of waffling around he says no i'll release you when you're set so set your hope so i believe for our state and i believe for every you've got your own themes but i believe for every church in our state that god is calling us this year and beyond to walk some unfamiliar paths 
to go down some roads not yet walked, to trust God for new ways, not old ways, to believe God for roads that people say can't be walked, and you go, no, God, with you we can do them because I believe God's saying I'm opening them up and I'm making a way. Lord, I thank you tonight. Lord, for One Heart Church. Lord, I thank you for the leadership. I thank you for the team here. Lord, I thank you for your provision and your blessing over this church. Thank you that they've had an incredible year. We thank you for the 17% growth. We thank you for the sound financials. Lord, we thank you that you've, uh, that you've been with them and guiding them and leading them. But God, I'm praying for this church, Lord, in 2017 and beyond, to not walk the same paths that have always been walked. But God, I believe you've got a new road for them, a new path, new opportunities. And God, I pray that you'd help them as a team and a leadership, Lord, to rise above the challenges and to set their focus and hope purely and solely on you. And God, I pray that what looks hopeless right now, God, you would make possible. Lord, what looks like there's no road, there's no way. God, I pray that you would begin to speak away, provide a way and show a way. God, I pray for supernatural revelation. Lord, I pray for supernatural dreams. Lord, I pray for Rob and Pauline, Lord, that you'd keep them awake at night. Lord, as you would put dreams in their heart and speak to them prophetically, God, about new paths, new roads. God, I pray that you would open up new paths and roads for this church that would see people reached in this township and beyond, Lord, that have not yet been reached. New roads, new paths, in Jesus' precious name, amen.